Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. So, Lord, we just want to take a moment right now. There's somebody here in this place today that came with a heavy heart. Somebody that walked into this place today, God, with more questions and answers. God, facing a circumstance, Lord, that seems impossible and immovable. But, Lord, we know right now your presence is able, God, to speak peace. That, Lord, your presence, God, is able to speak the answer, oh, God. Lord, in your presence there is fullness of joy. So, God, we pause right now and we ask you to move one more time. We ask you to speak, Lord, into the soul of mankind in the name of Jesus. As you did in the beginning, God, one more time, would you breathe life, oh God? Would you breathe life, oh God, into the nostrils? Would you breathe life into the soul of man today? We pray it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I wonder right now, would you just pray for that individual the way that you would want somebody to pray for you? If you were in the middle of it, a circumstance that was dark, if you were in the middle of a situation that you didn't know your way through, I want you to pray for that individual the way that you would want somebody to pray for you. Lord, would you give them direction? Mighty God, would you speak peace? Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we wait on you, God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. throughout this building can we just raise our hands forget about everybody else around you everything else if you want your problems I promise you they'll still be there waiting when you leave here today if you really want them but for just a moment can you lay those problems down and focus on Jesus and the Bible says with joy shall you draw waters from the wells of salvation amen it's not just that you can go get water from salvation anytime you want there's got to be a certain way that you go. There's got to be an approach that you take, and that's joy. You can't have joy and be focused on your problem at the same time. So right now, I want you, David said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hill where my help, so it's a posture. I'm lifting up my eyes. Come on, I'm, I'm lifting up my countenance. Come on, I'm lifting up my countenance right now because my help is coming from the Lord. My help is coming from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Come on, there's strength right now as you begin to change your posture, as you begin to change your countenance from discouragement to joy, as you begin to change your countenance from perplexed to joy, 
There's water that you begin to draw from the wells of salvation. There's strength. In the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord one time a hand clap of praise? Amen. 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 If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. And we're so grateful to have everyone that is here in the house of the Lord today. If you're a guest, two things I pray that you felt today. One, I pray that you felt so welcome that it almost felt weird. That you were almost thinking to yourself, I didn't know that there were people this friendly still in the world today. That's our goal. For everybody that walks into this building, that you're made to feel welcome. Amen. Living hope. I hope that we've gone out of our way to make sure that every guest walks in here. If you see a guest nearby, why don't you turn to them right now and just let them know we're so glad to have them with us today. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody nearby you. I don't want our guests to feel singled out. Tell This might be their fourth or fifth time here, but I want you to just tell them we're so glad that you are here at Living Hope today. You're the reason why we exist. We're not here to be a social club. Amen. We're not here to be a little holy huddle. We're here to be a place that anybody can come to to find Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The second thing that I hope you feel today is the presence of God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God so strong in this place today. Amen. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles of the book of Hebrews chapter 10. If you are watching, uh, you probably got the note to our e-family and those that are watching online today that our faith stream is down. So just to give you kind of a brief context, uh, we utilize a platform called Faith Stream uh, because we kind of saw the direction that things were going as far as censoring churches and, and uh, maybe certain things that might be said from a pulpit that mainstream society today might not agree with. And so we have a platform that isn't going to shut us down. However, that platform is shared by not just churches, but also other voices. And one of those voices, from what I gather, made somebody mad. Somebody who knows how to hack systems. And so they have been, since that day, which was about a month and a half ago, they have been working day and night to hack, not us, but FaceStream at large. And I don't, they're not doing anything but just trying to disrupt it when they're doing a pretty good job of it. So FaceStream is working on getting that. They've almost got it figured out, but last night, uh, the whole faith, not just again, not just Living Hope, but all of Faith Stream and all the different people they host uh, were attacked last night. Not like a physical attack, cyber attack. You don't have anything to be worried about. Everybody's looking around. All right. It's not that kind of attack. Just anyway, so today we're streaming on Facebook and I believe YouTube. Brad, is that right? Face, no, just Facebook. And uh, so if you are watching and if you're even here right now and you have it up on fa- Facebook, if you could help us and hit share. All right, if you'll share that, and uh, let's just get as many people watching the service today as we can. Amen. That's one of the benefits of uh, technology. I, it's it's the, the, the good and the bad side of technology. We can get as many people on right now. So if you'll hit share and invite somebody to join with you, amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. We are so honored today also to have the West family. Amen. Brother Jerry and Sister Annie West and Parker Bennett and Remy. Amen. They're awesome family. Amen. And uh, they are planting a church in Washington, D.C. They have been there on site about three months now, give or take a few. And uh, we're so honored to have them here with us today. 
And we love them. We want to support them. We want to be a strength to them. Anything they need, I want them to know that Living Hope has their back and we're here to be a support to them. Amen? Let's give them a hand clap. Aren't you thankful for people? Amen. They were, they were pastoring a, a great congregation in Kentucky and had a good thing going there. Could have just been comfortable and, and uh, had a good living and, and just had things set there in Kentucky, but God began to stir their spirit about coming to Washington, D.C. Probably a little bit of a cultural difference from what they were used to in the middle of rural Kentucky, moving into downtown D.C. But I want to thank God for people that will answer the call of God. Amen. Even when it's uncomfortable, that they'll answer the call of God. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm really going to read it this time, three times. Like in basketball, you got pump fake to keep the defense on their toes. Hebrews 10, 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you want to read the same version as me, it's on the screen. If you want to read whatever version you might have in front of you, hopefully they're going to say very close to the same thing. Under the Old Covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer sacrifice anymore. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, everybody say, by his death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living way, I think the King James Version says, a life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. The Lord bless you. I want to preach for a few minutes on this Sunday morning as you are seated on this thought, new and improved. Amen. New and improved. In the world of marketing, there is not a more overused and less trusted strategy than to put on a product or an entity the label of new and improved. How many of you have looked at an object and it said new and improved, but you've seen it now so many times it doesn't really draw to you? Harvard Business School professor Young Me Moon made the following statement in his book on marketing, this book that was on the subject of marketing by the title of Different. Here's the statement that he made. In the 1960s and 70s, the words new and improved really meant something to people. He went on to say that today those same words don't mean much at all. In category after category, it has become apparent that competitive differentiation is a myth. The statement that was made by Young Me Moon 
this professor of marketing is simply that the phrase new and improved doesn't have the impact that it used to have. The understanding among marketing strategists is that new and improved labels are used when the brand has run out of meaningful product ideas. In other words, they no longer have ideas of how they can really improve the product. And so rather than going through the work of trying to improve the product, they simply improve the label. And they, they simply put a label that draws attention. And while the product really has not been improved upon, they are simply trying to draw the attention of the buyer through the label itself. In June of 2014, ABC News ran a special report on products that were marked as new and improved. And the study that they did of the report that they released was that the improvement that was being made was the packaging itself was being altered while the product itself was being decreased and the price increasing. So think about that. The product itself on the outside, the label said new and improved. And really the only thing that was being altered was the, the, the packaging of the product. While on the inside, the product was actually being decreased and the product was being increased. And they were simply banking on the fact that we are, I'll just say the word, dumb enough. That we would see that label that says new and improved. And because we're so impressed by something new and improved that we would pay an increased price for a lesser product. One example of this new and improved gimmick was a particular yogurt brand which downsized their product from 8 ounces to 6 ounces, but they kept the same price and packaging as the original so that now there were, the difference was that there were now 2 ounces of air between the lid. Everybody picturing that? So you got the same package, but now less yogurt. And here's how they said that it was new and improved. They said, because now there's room for you to add in your favorite mix-ins. What a creative spin. So now you're paying more money for air. You're paying more money for less product so that you can have room for your mix-ins. If you are looking at a label that declares its product as being new and improved, it is beneficial. And in fact, I would encourage you that when you go to the store today or when you stop by Burger King today and you see the label is there that says new and improved, it is of your benefit to take a closer look and find out what exactly is being improved before you pay the increased price. Compare the new to the old. Before you're willing to pay the increased price, it is beneficial to you to, to begin to compare what, in, what really is the benefit that is being added. What does the new look like compared to the old? This morning, if we are to take the book of Hebrews and summarize that entire book made up of 13 chapters, if we could summarize that New Testament book into two words, it would simply be those two words, new and better. New and better. How many of you like new? Amen. How many of you like, all right, only a few of you. Wow, tough crowd today. All right, how many of you like new? You like a new car, right? You like a... Something new added into your bank account, right? Okay, now, now I'm speaking your language. Everybody's waking up now. And better, amen. If you didn't like new, maybe, maybe you're into vintage stuff and you know that you like the, the traditional and all. Okay, that's fine, but how many of you like better? All right, I, I, I do like, I like better food. 
Amen. I, I like better bank accounts. Amen. I like better jobs. In fact, in our tithers declaration, we talked about better jobs. We want increase in promotion. Amen. If, if that same tithers declaration said worse jobs, decrease and demotions, you guys wouldn't be saying it with me every Sunday. You'd be like, you can have that one, Pastor. I'll wait for next Sunday. Because we like new and better. And if you summarize the entire book of Hebrews, all 13 chapters, if you could condense them into two words, it would be those two words, new and better. Between those two terms, new and better, right at 20 times they appear in the 13 chapters of Hebrews, these words, better and new, are utilized. The accounts where these words, new and better, are used Can I tell you, they're not describing a lesser product and more packaging. They're not promoting an increased space of air for you to add in your favorite mix-ins. No, there is substance to the new and better that is heralded in the book of Hebrews. Amen. This isn't less product for a greater price. In fact, the other way around, it's a greater product for a lesser price. Here are just a few of the occasions that these words new and better are used in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 7 verse 19, it tells us that we have a better hope. I don't know about you, but I thank God for any hope I can get. But if I can get a better hope, I'll take a better hope. I came today to let somebody in this building know that there is a better hope in this room. I don't know what hope you came in with today, but I came today to preach to you a better hope. In Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22, it declares that we have a better testament. In Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6, it tells us that we have a better covenant and we have better promises. I don't know about you, but I like better promises. If I promise you $10 or if I promise you $100, how many of you will take the $100? Because I like a better promise. And the book of Hebrews is giving to us a better promise. Hebrews 9 verse 23 tells us that we have better sacrifices. Hebrews 10 verse 20 tells us that we have a new and a living way. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16 tells us that we have a better and a heavenly country. And in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35 it tells us that there is coming a better resurrection. These are just a few of the new and better things that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews. Before we get into it today, I just want to tell you, this this product that I bring to you today as new and improved is not less yogurt and more air. I'm not here today to give you room for your mix-ins. I'm not here today to try to give you some gimmick, amen, that's just improved packaging, but the product has decreased. I came today to tell you that it's a new and living way. It's the only way to salvation. It's the best way to get through your problem. It's the only way to get over your circumstance. Come on, somebody that's found Jesus is not a gimmick. Amen. This isn't a lesser product for a greater price. Amen. But it's the greatest gift you can ever be given. These 
promises that Hebrews will begin to share with us are promises that at one time were not for us. You realize much of what we're enjoying today, there was a time where people like you and I would not have been, had no access into what we're enjoying today. The hope that we share with one another today of salvation, there was a time where that hope was not obtainable by people like us. Everybody say, what's he mean by people like us? We're talking about sinners. People that aren't perfect. If you think you entered into the wrong church, maybe you were looking for perfect church. You got the wrong church. I don't know. Maybe you guys are quiet today. Maybe I got the wrong church. I thought I was going to imperfect church. I thought I was going to church with a bunch of people that like me recognize I need Jesus because I'm not perfect on my own. And there was a time that if you were a sinner, you had no access into the presence of God. But there's a new way and a better way. There's an improved way today. If you're, if you're in this building today and you're not perfect, that ought to bring a shout into your voice. That ought to bring a praise into your hands. I found something new and improved. This is a covenant that before was not obtainable. A resurrection available unto us that before would not have been achievable. And a sacrifice that before was really not all that powerful. In order to see the benefits of the new and better way, you have to compare it to the old way. To understand the true value of this new and improved product that I bring to you today we need to investigate and compare the old to the new. First of all, under the old covenant, righteousness was gained by keeping a law that had become so oppressive that it was impossible to keep it. If you're able to, media team, if you could put up James chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to understand this was righteousness under the law. James chapter 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point. Everybody say one point. Whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of breaking every law. Amen. If, if we could put that into kind of physical and, and maybe civil uh, understanding today, that today if you broke the speed limit, then you, then you are guilty of murder. You're guilty of homicide. Amen. You understand, you can get put in, I mean, if, if a police officer today pulls you over and you're going one mile an hour over the speed limit and he says, I think we're going to put you on death row, would you be a little shocked by that? I, mean, I would just, Officer, I was just going one mile an hour over the speed limit. But under the law, if you, bro, if you broke one ordinance, you were guilty of breaking every law in the old covenant. That, that was the old way. Amen. Let's read Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 through 9. For if the first covenant had been faultless, this is the old. If the old covenant had been faultless, then there should no place have been sought for a second or a new. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the day cometh, saith the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Listen, not according to the covenant. This is the old covenant that I made with their fathers in the day 
when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Listen, because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not. The New Living Translation says, because they broke my law, I turned my back on them. That was the old covenant. But I thank God today I'm not under the old covenant. I thank God today that it's not if I break one ordinance that I'm guilty of breaking them all. I I thank God today that he didn't turn his back on me because I failed in one area of the covenant. I came today to preach to you a new and improved covenant. Let me read to you about the new covenant, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Everybody say, that's us. I will put my laws in their mind, and I will write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people, and they shall teach not every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Listen, for I will be merciful. The old covenant, if you messed up in one area, you're guilty of them all. But in the new covenant, I'm going to be merciful unto you. And if you mess up, it's all right because I made a better way. I shall be merciful to their unrighteousness. Listen, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Maybe that's not, a, again, maybe maybe I walked in the wrong church today. I'm starting to feel like I did. Uh, maybe I, I took a wrong turn on Chancellor's Run. I thought I was going to live in hope with a bunch of people that know what the mercy of God feels like. Uh, and they know what it feels like to have been a sinner. Uh, and they know what it feels like for the grace of God uh, to reach down and pick them up. Because under the old way, I couldn't be here today. Under the old way, I couldn't stand here today. But I'm in a new covenant, and he's merciful unto me. Come on, you ought to thank him right now for his mercy is new every morning. It's a new and improved covenant. It's a new and better way. Anybody thankful that is your sins he will remember no more? The old covenant was a list of rules that just kept getting added to. Pharisees had taken the list of rules that in and of itself would have been hard to keep. And they added and added and added thousands of rules. That again under the law if you broke one of them you were guilty of all of them. But the new and better covenant the Bible says was not a list of rules written on stone. Many people get the wrong impression. They read the Bible as a rule book. They read the, the, this word of God as a rule book of, of what things I can and can't do. And then thou shalt not and thou shalt not and I can't do this and I can't do that. But that's not the new covenant. The new covenant is not a list of rules that is written that you have to live by. No, this is a new and better covenant. And he said, I'm going to put them in your mind and I'm going to write them on your heart. He put a desire. He gave me a new desire. He gave me a new way of thinking. He gave me a new way of, I don't think the way I used to think. I don't act the way I used to act. I don't go where I used to go. 
Come on, anybody got the Holy Ghost in this house today? That's what the Holy Ghost does. It writes his law in your mind. Whoever in the building today is the most goody-goody two-shoes out of all of us, and it ain't me, I just guarantee you that. Whoever in this building is the most righteous in your own actions, I want you to know today you don't have it in and of yourself to obey the law of the Lord, but you let the Holy Ghost start working in you. You let the Holy Ghost get outpoured, and all of a sudden your mind begins to change. All of a sudden your heart begins to change. Your desires are transformed. Come on, I came to preach to somebody today. It's new and improved. It's better than it's ever been. Raise your hands with me right now. I want to speak to somebody in the Holy Ghost. The devil is lying to you right now. The devil's been lying to you. The reason you're not in relationship with God is because you think you could never do it. You think you could never be good enough to earn salvation. And I came today to agree with you. You can't. But the Holy Ghost at work in you, the Holy Ghost and the mercy of God at work in you, it's going to write its law in your mind. It's going to write its law in your heart. You can live for God. You can live for God. You can overcome sin. You can be righteous. You can be made righteous in God. Pastor Staten, you don't understand what I've done. He will remember your sins no more. Pastor, you don't understand where I came from, and I will remember your sin no more. You don't know how bad I messed up. He will remember your sin no more. You don't understand where I came from. He will remember your sin no more, and he will be merciful to your unrighteousness. Come on, raise your hands one more time and thank him for his mercy. His mercy. His mercy isn't for the good people in the room. His mercy isn't for a certain color. It's not for a certain segment of society. Amen. His mercy is for anybody whosoever will. Oh, I'm not buying some gimmick package off the shelf with some splashy label that's been posted on the front of it just to get me to purchase something that really is no different than the old. This is so different than the old. Not one person in this room today had access to the presence of God under the old, but every one of you right now can lift up your hands and enter into his presence. Everybody, everybody, anybody in this building. And said, I shall be their God and they shall be my people. There was no relationship under the old, under the old covenant. It was a voice on a mountaintop that met with a man who then came down and met with you. But under this new covenant, it's a God who says, I want relationship with you. Amen. Well, 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 what about me? I'm broken. I'm a mess. I've done so many. No, no. He's, he preceded that relationship with his mercy. He preceded that relationship with the promise he would, remember, he would remember your sin no more. And then he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Can I just tell you today, I, I, don't, want, I don't want religion. I'm not interested in coming to church 
and observing a bunch of rituals. I'm not interested in coming to church and going through a routine of traditions. There's only one reason I come to church, and that's because that's where my God is. I want to get in the presence of my God. Amen. I've got to get closer to him. I've got to draw near to him. And you can right now because it's a new and better way. Come on, there's mercy in this house today. I know we just, let's, Pastor, we got to hurry up and preach this. Get to your second point, Pastor. Get to the third point. We, we got lunch to get to. We got to come back for service tonight, but there's mercy in this house today. Some of you, the enemy has lied to you today, and he's pushed you under an old covenant where you feel like you're not worthy. Amen. He's pushed you under an old covenant where you feel like you could never live up to the expectations of an almighty God. But I've got one word for you today, and it's mercy. I've got one word for you today. It's the mercy of the Lord. Under the old covenant, the priest would come into the holiest of holies. That's the old way. Everybody say, that's the old way. The priest would come once a year, just once a year. One man, once a year, would have the opportunity to walk beyond a veil, a thick curtain that couldn't be passed over but by one man. You tried to press beyond that veil, and you weren't. The man, the high priest, if you weren't the right person, if you didn't have the credentials, if you tried to cross beyond that veil, the penalty would be immediate death. One time a year, one man would, off, would push beyond that veil and he would offer a sacrifice for the sins of Israel. Hebrews 9, 6, and 7. New Living Translation says it this way. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered into the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy. Only the, only the high priest. Everybody say this. Only the high priest ever entered. Say that. Ever entered. Only the high priest ever entered the presence of God. And even him only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people that had committed in ignorance. Under the old covenant, unless you can trace your lineage back to the high priest Aaron, which I don't, I think you probably would have come and told me that by now. Amen. If, you're, if you are great, 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 great grandson of, or granddaughter of Aaron, please come and tell me that. That's pretty cool to know. But unless you can trace your lineage back to Aaron, you would have had no access into the presence of God. Under the old covenant, the old way, the power of God that was present in this building as the worship team began to sing. And I thank God for a worship team that's not just here to entertain. But as they led us in worship, I raised my hands and hot tears began to stream down my face. And I felt the presence of an almighty God. Amen. I felt the presence of an almighty, omnipotent, way-making God. 
And it causes that joy to begin to, anybody know what I'm talking about? You get in the middle of an apostolic worship service and you just can't help to smile because joy begins to enter in and begins to bubble up. That presence of God that replaces your anxiety with hope, your fear with faith, your pain with promise. I don't ever want to be confused with the saint that can sit through a worship service. I don't ever want to get so mature that when God is moving, I can sit still. I don't ever want God to move and I sit there and watch as other people respond. Because I love his presence. I love the presence of Jesus. I love the presence of God. I've looked all over and I can't find anybody like Jesus. I've looked in careers and jobs and it's not like Jesus. There's nothing like the presence of Jesus. I wonder if anybody can think of one time, can you testify right now, one time in your life that you came into the building and your problems were insurmountable. You were in the midst of discouragement, anxiety. Amen. Your relationships were broken and messed up, but you walked in and the presence of God began to move. No, my problems didn't go away, but my focus shifted. Amen. And my hope was lifted. And under the old way, you would have never been able to feel what you felt today. You would have had no right, no privilege, no authority to raise your hands. Close your eyes and shut out everything else around you. Never. And I know some of you would have been just fine with that because even when God is moving, you don't respond. I don't know about you, but I can't. David said it this way, Lord, don't take your holy presence away from me. God, you can take anything else. You can take my car. You can take my house. If I had a boat, you could have my boat too. But one thing I can't live without, I can't live without your presence. Can you imagine coming to church and feeling nothing, nothing, never, not one service, feeling nothing, just going through, the scripture called it their religious duties. It's all just religious duty. We stand now because that's what our religious duty is. We clap because that's what our religious duty is. We raise our hands because that's, I'm telling you, I'm not interested in that, but that was the only thing they had under the old covenant. But I came today not to preach to you an old covenant. I came to preach a new and improved covenant. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we, but without sin. Listen then, 
Verse 16, this is the new covenant. Let us, therefore, Paul, that means you. Jasmine, that means you. Angelina, that means you. Let us, not the high priest, not one guy once a year, but anytime you want to, you can get up and boldly come into his throne room. It's not for one guy once a year. It's for anybody, anytime. Anytime you need mercy, just get up and come into the throne room. Anytime you need grace, just get up and walk into the throne room. Lay your hand on your neighbor right now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the lie of the enemy. I rebuke the lie of the enemy that's trying to get somebody to buy the old product off the shelf that says you don't have access, you're not good enough, you're not holy enough, you're not righteous enough. You're not that one man and it's not once a year. You don't have a right to access his presence. That's the old way. I came today to tell you it's a new and better way. Anytime you're ready, anytime you want to, you can get up on your feet and access the presence of God. Uh, There's mercy here. There's mercy in this place. There's mercy in this place. Come on, somebody, don't wait on your, you don't need a high priest. You don't need a pastor to go into that place for you. You can go there for yourself. I'm not the only one that has access. So do you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. One, one final comparison of the old and the new, Hebrews 10. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the thing, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Under the old way, doing what they did every year, had no hope of making the people perfect. For then would they not have ceased to offer because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance. In other words, every time those sins, the sacrifice was offered for their sin, they were reminded of their sin. Every year when that high priest took that spotless lamb into the holy of holy, The children of Israel gathered around that sacred temple and they listened at the bleeding of that lamb as that priest opened up. And anyway, I won't be too graphic. Opened up that lamb and and redemptive blood began to flow. They thought about their sin. They were reminded of last year's sin and the year before that sin and the year before that sin because under the old way, that's how you did it. Amen. It was a reminder of your imperfection. It was a reminder of your sin. Why? Because it's not possible for the blood and bulls and goats to take away sin. That was the old. How would you like it if every Sunday you come to church and the pastor gets up, you bunch of dirtbags, you filthy, rotten sinners. I mean, there are Sundays where the pastor might feel like it. 
But then there's probably times where you feel like saying to the pastor too. So Every Sunday saying, you dirtbags, get up here and repent, you bunch of sinners. Every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, you're reminded, you remember what you used to be. Not, not in a testimonial type of way, but you remember you wretch. You remember your, your perverted way of thinking. I remember what a scumbag you were. If any of you all know who Jeff Arnold is, I'm doing my Jeff Arnold impression right now. That was the old way. Every year when that high priest would walk in and offer that lamb, they would be reminded of their sin. They would be reminded of their shortcomings. They would be reminded of their faults and their failures. Thousands upon thousands of innocent lambs that laid down their life, but not the accumulation of all 1,000 of those spotless lambs was able to wash away the penalty of their sin. It was only pushing back the judgment of sin. And every year they pushed it back. The pile got bigger. Every year when the lamb was sacrificed, their sins were not forgetting, but forgotten, but it was a reminder. But there is a new and better way. Come on, I'm thankful today that I'm not under that old covenant. I'm not here today. Amen. The Holy Ghost isn't showing up today to remind me who I used to be and rub my face in my sin of what I came from. I'm thankful today to offer to you a new and improved way. I'm not here today to rub your face in your failure. I'm here today to lift your eyes unto the hills where your help comes from. I don't care where you came from. I know where you can go. I know there's mercy in Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Here's the new and improved Hebrews 10, 7. Then said, I lo, I come. Everybody say, I come. In the volume of the books it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering, the old way, the offering for sin that thou wouldest not. Neither had, they didn't give you any pleasure which were offered by the old way, the law. Then he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, the old, that he might establish the new, the second, the proved. Listen, verse 10. By the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ every year. Is that what it says? Every time you mess up. No, 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 once. One time, the precious lamb, Jesus, the lamb of God, went to an old rugged tree, and one time, he paid the price, and one time, redemptive blood flowed, and one time, he laid down his life so that you could be saved. I wish somebody give him praise right now. His blood isn't pushing back my sin. It's removing my sin. I don't have to go to the I don't have to go to the temple every year and be reminded of my failure. I just run back to Calvary and remember he paid it all. Every sin I've ever committed has been cast in the sea of forgetfulness. 
you ought to clap your hands. You ought to make some noise right now because we found a new and improved covenant. Some of you'd get more excited if I swapped you out for a new car. If instead of that broken down Hyundai you rode up in, I gave you the keys to a brand new BMW, you'd run a lap with brother, you run a lap with brother James. Man, you'd be so excited. Man, I got me a brand new B, I got me a better car. If I said, hey, I'm moving you out of that one-bedroom apartment, I got you a three-bedroom penthouse suite with a swimming pool, indoor swimming pool that overlooks New York City. Here's the keys. It's all you, you. You wouldn't stop running. You'd still be. You'd be running tonight when we came back for church. We'd have to tackle you and tell you to go home so we could set the alarm. And yet we we hear about this new covenant, where I don't have to be reminded of my sin where I have access to the throne room of God, where I can boldly come before it and we sit there and give it a little golf clap. This ought to be the thing that sets your foot to dancing. This ought to be the thing that puts a song in your voice. It's a new and better way. It's the only way. Jesus is the way. Clap your hands one more time. Come on, somebody, even if you're running in place, just run a little bit. I got a new and better way. I got something new and improved. Come on, Brother James, let's get a lap. Come on, somebody, I got a new and better way. I got a new and better way. Come on, I got a new and better way. I don't have to earn salvation. I can come boldly before his throne. He's not here to remind me of the wretch I used to be. Come on, he gave me a song that the angels cannot sing. I've been washed in the blood. Some of you look at Christianity and you look at religion and you look at it through the lens of an old way. You wonder why? Why do we come and do the things we do? Because to you it's just religious rituals. Because until you know Jesus, you'll always just see this as religion. And you'll always just see this as rites and rituals. You'll always just see this as religious tradition. But when you come to know Jesus and he looks into the midst of your sin, he says, be forgiven, go thy way and sin no more. And instead of dragging you through the mess and the, the filth of your sin, he looks down and he lifts you up and he gives you a new name and he washes, he cleanses you of your unrighteousness and he sets your foot on a path. So, so what's this new and improved way? It's this new and better way that Hebrews, what, what made all these new benefits and blessings of, is it just a slick label the writer of Hebrews through somewhere in that New Testament so we could look at Christianity a little bit different? Is that what this is, just some slick marketing campaign? What makes it possible for a sinner like me 
to go daily where a high priest could only go once a year. What is it? Is it, is it Angelita's because my dad, because he's got cool red hair? I mean, I'm sure that's got something to do with it. Khadijah, what is it? Because we go to Living Hope, is that what it is? Is it, is it the organization that we're a part of? Is that what does it? Is that what it is? What, what makes it possible that God, a God that judged according to the law, would now look down on humanity through compassion and mercy? I'm glad you asked. His name is Jesus. Everything I just told you, the reason I can come into the throne room of God is because Jesus, because he came, his, his flesh became the veil. And when they tore his body, the veil was rent. And now I can boldly come. The writer said in Hebrews 1 and 4, he's better than the angels. Come on, somebody, I'm going to say that again. He's better than the angels. Hebrews chapter 5, it said he's exalted above the priesthood. Hebrews 9 says of Jesus, his heavenly tabernacle is superior to the earthly tabernacle. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that Jesus is superior. He is the superior sacrifice. All of those lambs, Brother Josh, all the bulls, thousands, thousands, thousands. Blood that would have run to the, probably we, we, we could have swam in all the blood that was shed in the Old Testament. But one man, one sacrifice. Brother Larry, it didn't just push back your sin. It didn't just push it back so next year you could face it all over again. It didn't push it back so when you finally make it to heaven, Jesus is going to be waiting there. Oh, Brother Larry, let me read you the list of what a wretch you. No, 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 no. That's not his blood. That's the old way, the new and improved way. You're going to stand before him in those gates, and he's going to open the book and say, I can't find a thing. I don't see your failure. I don't see your sin. I don't see. It's all covered by the blood. It's all covered. I don't see your mistakes. It's a new and better way, and it's a way for you, and it's a way for me. with me all across this building I'm not offering to you some gimmick and I'm certainly not offering to you the old product I'm not a descendant of Abraham by, by birth I had no access to the old way I'm certainly not a descendant of Aaron I had no brother junior I had no right to enter in the presence of God into the old way Aaron I'm not selling to you today some old way you young men are priests. You have the opportunity to be priests in the kingdom of God. I want us to raise our hands toward heaven right now. I want us to bow our heads. I'm asking everybody that will to stand with me. If you don't, I'll call you out by name. No, I'm kidding. Bishop would do that. I won't do that. But it worked because everybody is now standing. 
want you to bow your heads with me right now. I want to tell you, the, the writer of Hebrews, I couldn't read the whole book today. But I just want to tell you this is a new and better way. It's salvation for you. It's hope for you. It's the washing away of sin. This isn't rites and rituals. This isn't religious tradition. I'm not asking you to come to an altar today because it's part of a religious rite or ritual. I'm asking you to come to an altar today because there's lamb's blood here today. There's a spotless lamb who 2,000 years ago shed blood to wash away your sin. And I want you to know what it's like to push beyond that veil. I want you to know what it feels like to push beyond that veil and enter into the presence of God. I want you to come today instead of trying to obtain righteousness by living by a list of rules you can come and receive the Holy Ghost and God can begin to put into your mind a new covenant to write in your heart come on would you come before his throne of grace. Come on, somebody. Don't sit back there with your head hanging down low under the weight of your sin. Don't let the devil beat you up and remind you of all of your failure. The Bible says you can boldly come before him. That means lift your head up and walk down to this altar today. Push beyond that veil and walk into the presence of an almighty God. With one drop of his blood, he can cover every sin you've ever committed. As you come to this altar, I just want you to get alone with the high priest. I want you to get alone with that lamb that shed blood. I want you to thank him. Lord, thank you for a new and better way. I'm not here today to make room for your mix-ins. I'm not here today to sell you some gimmick where we just changed a few few words in the packaging I'm here today to tell you under the old way you had no hope but in Jesus Christ you have hope not just for this world but for eternity but you have to come you have to come the only way that his mercy can cover you is you've got to come Isaiah said, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, shall be as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as white as snow. So one more time, I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads. Does it really matter, Pastor, if I walk down front or not? Can I do it right here? There's something about taking a step. There's something about putting action behind your belief system. There's something about moving away from the direction you've been going in and saying today, I'm going to walk into that throne room. Today I'm going to push past that veil and I'm going to walk into the presence of a King of Kings and I'm going to let His mercy cover me. 
Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.